1: With Discover, limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: The Volume.
1: Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. I was looking at NBA futures this morning. The Golden State Warriors are plus 5,500 right now on DraftKings to win the title. So if you believe in them, that's a big number. And Denver, I have Denver as my championship favorite, and they're still the second best odds on DraftKings right now at plus 450. So lots of good NBA bets to look at over the course of the end of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet Up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer, issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. Basketball is back. We're going to be breaking down Lakers versus Warriors Jam-packed slate tonight. We have several other games from tonight's show that we're going to be hitting in tomorrow morning's show. So make sure you guys come back to the feed tomorrow. I have some thoughts on some of tonight's games. I also have some thoughts about some of the other NBA drama that we had during the All-Star break. But that's for tomorrow's show. Just going to go for about 10-15 minutes tonight on Lakers Warriors. You guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. It mean a lot to me if you guys take a second to scroll down and hit that subscribe button. Don't forget about our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. It's also really helpful. If You guys leave a rating and a review on that front. Don't forget about my Twitter feed at underscore Jason LT, where I leave film threads in the morning, as well as show announcements. And last but not least, keep dropping mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. We have uh, a mailbag that we're going to be doing in, uh, um, in a few shows here over the course of the next week or so. All right, let's talk some basketball. So this was an interesting game. Uh, th- this matchup is a, is, is an interesting one between these two teams, because there's been a game plan that the Lakers have used over the years over Golden uh, against Golden State that has worked pretty well, which has basically involved a lot of ball pressure and top locking, and basically forcing the the Warriors' guards to, uh, especially in their off-ball actions, to not be able to use their screens and try to cut backdoor into Anthony Davis. The gist of it is, is the Lakers know that they don't have excellent perimeter defenders right now. They want to leave Anthony Davis in the paint as much as possible. And there's a push and a pull that takes place in basketball games surrounding that perimeter dynamic. So imagine in an ISO situation, if you've got a guy who can defend on an Island and he's not having a a lot of trouble, you can kind of stay home on shooters. And then if he's getting beat off the dribble or getting beat in a post up mismatch type of situation, you got to start loading up in the paint, start sending multiple bodies, right? And you saw that push and pull in the form of pick and roll at the beginning of this game. One of the things that I talked about um earlier this season as it pertained to the Lakers is because they don't have a guard that can really defend and also is a plus offensive player. Like they've got Cam Reddish, who's a guy who can defend but is a is a bad offensive player. They have Max Christie who can defend but he's super young and has a lot of ups and downs like all young players do. So obviously he's not a guy you can kind of rely on a ton in big spots. What ends up happening is Austin Reeves has to be your primary point of attack guy on guards. And all of you guys who listen to this show who play basketball and have the ball in your hands, you know the feeling. When you walk on the court, there's... A a feeling you have when you step into a game, whether it's a pickup game, a men's league game, a high school game, a college game, whatever it is. when You walk on the floor, you look at the guy across from you, especially if it's against guys that you've played against a lot in the past. You look across and you either go, this guy's tough. He's going to make me work hard tonight. I'm going to have to bring my A game. Or you look across and you're like, this dude has no chance. And you just walk into the the game feeling comfortable and confident knowing that you are going to bust his ass because he has no hoping uh, of guarding you. And I promise you, when Steph Curry walks into a game and he knows, wait, Austin Reeves is guarding me for 48 minutes, here's the thing, love Austin Reeves, great player. But you know what he's not in the league for? By being one of the best guys in the league to guard guards. That's not what he does for a living. That's not what his paycheck comes from. He's ideally in a situation where he's guarding the second best guard on the other team, where it's a little bit more of a manageable matchup for him. And, like, you could tell at the beginning of this game, the Lakers were sitting Anthony Davis in a little bit more of a deeper drop and they were asking Steph to uh, or uh, Austin to fight over the top of these screens, and it just was way too easy for Steph Curry to get separation from Austin either through using the first screen and setting his man up for the screen, or the uh, Draymond's really good at re-screening, where like you set the first screen and Austin does a good job fighting over the top, and then you just quickly pivot around and set it again because it's such an aggressive defensive move to get over. It's hard to reset to then do it again, going in the opposite direction. He was getting wherever he wanted to you got to remember, Steph Curry is good at getting separation and pick and roll against the best defenders in the world. We literally saw that in the NBA Finals in 2020 when, when Derek White and Marcus Smart were on him, and it just was no problem for him to get separation over the top of screens so that he could get to his pull-up jump shot. And so then you saw the push and pull, because after Steph made a few threes, all of a sudden Anthony Davis had to come further out. He was doing more switching onto Steph. You saw that more as the game progressed, and then also just having to come higher out into his uh, from his drop coverage up to the level above the screen, uh, at the screen, and then sometimes even above the level of the screen. And then that's when that starts to open up all of the other problems on the back line. As soon as you bring that second defender up to Steph... The Warriors offense is designed to capitalize on that, whether it's through hitting the roll man and going to the rim. Trace Jackson Davis just did an amazing job, especially there in the second quarter at rolling hard to the rim. This is one of the most important things for a big guy to do, especially an athlete. And this is kind of what Jackson, uh, Jackson Hayes does for the Lakers, where it's like, as soon as you get that dribble handoff off or that ball screen or whatever it is, you need to release and roll hard because there's an opportunity there if you can get ahead of steam, especially against a team like the Lakers that without LeBron James and without some of their other forwards like Jared Vanderbilt, they don't have a ton of backline size. And so then what ends up happening is if Anthony Davis is away from the rim, it opens up just a huge slew of problems, whether it's you know Trace Jackson Davis or Draymond Green rolling hard to the rim for layups, or it's like just shoot the damn ball and you're going to end up getting an offensive rebound in a lot of cases. Trace Jackson Davis had an offensive rebound put back in the second quarter off of a shot attempt when Anthony Davis had to come, or uh, I think it was Jackson Hayes in this case, had to come further out away from the basket. Steph pulls the big man away from the rim. Once the big man is away from the rim, it inverts the defense and puts a lot of undersized players around the rim trying to clean messes up, whether it's in help or on the defensive glass. And the Warriors did a great job of capitalizing on that issue for the Lakers all night long. And this is, you know, there's there are these, like, Phrases that get used in basketball coaching and basketball analysis that kind of seem like they are a little bit on the um, like cliche side of things, but they're cliche for a reason. And one of the big ones is playing with force it's something that darvin ham talks about a lot uh, as it pertains to the lakers and like it is a kind of like an abstract concept in the sense that it like, like like it's so broad and it covers so many different things but there's some reality to it in the sense that the team that plays with more physical force on both ends of the floor tends to have a lot more success in every phase of the game so for instance like whether it's closing out on a shooter when you close out with real force you can force lakers into missing threes the way they did tonight. They shot, what, 29% from three. They were four for 17 in the first half, right? You can chase them off the line and force them to drive into your help side defense, right? On the ball. Like, there was a stretch there for about a quarter and a half where the Lakers' five-out offense was generating a lot of really good looks. And the big problem was that the Warriors were getting into rotation too easily. They weren't doing a good enough job fighting over the top of screens. They weren't doing a good enough job on their closeouts. And so the Lakers were just driving and kicking them and getting good looks in their five outsets. But right around that middle of the second quarter uh, stretch there, the Warriors just dialed it up a little bit in the level of force they were bringing to the situation. All of a sudden, you know, like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson had a really nice shift guarding D'Angelo Russell in the middle of the second quarter where he was physical and was bumping him off his line and not letting him get downhill as easily. And then you can kind of put two and two together from there. If Clay beats D'Lo over the top of the screen and stops him from getting to his spot that stops the help from coming in. If that stops the help from coming in, that stops you from getting into rotation. And even when you are in rotation, they are shorter, easier rotations. And when you make those rotations sharper, you can force them off the line, force them into misses, force them into turnovers. And then the next phase of the force from there, once you've defended, once you have the defensive rebound, the next phase of that force is the transition pushes. And that's how they blew the game open. The Lakers were literally winning this game. With three and a half minutes left in the second quarter, and next thing you know, you look up at halftime and they're down eleven. That's the wave of force that came from Golden State at that at that end of the second quarter stretch. It was excellent defense leading to transition pushes, and then even in the half court, there was a lot more playing out of the post. A lot of Jonathan Kaminga, like Jonathan Kaminga, had a a, you know one of the things I've been talking about with Jonathan Kaminga is like. Uh, teams are starting to bring help after he puts the ball on the floor. Again, this is what happens with player development. First, you kick everyone's ass. Then everyone goes, oh, this dude's kicking everyone's ass. We got to find a way to stop him. Well, it looks like he can be a little bit inconsistent as a shooter, and it looks like he struggles sometimes reading the defense when second defender comes over. So now you're seeing lots of teams. We This stretches back to the Jazz and Clippers games last week. Now you're starting to see teams send that second defender when Jonathan Kaminga has the ball early in the game, has Austin Reeves on the block, tries to go through him and sees Anthony Davis there, tries to challenge Anthony Davis at the rim and gets blocked, right? Learns his lesson, posts up Austin Reeves on the left block. Later on in the second quarter, this time sees the double team coming and makes a great kickout pass to so Brandon Podzemski on the right wing, and he knocks it down. And, like, they they played out of the post a lot. Uh, Andrew Wiggins brought a ton of force in transition and attacking closeouts, and as a result, they actually won a lot of phases of the game that they typically lose. Like, if you go back to the Warriors game that they lost to the Lakers a while back, it was, what, 60 points in the paint for the Lakers and, like, 40-something free throws. The Warriors were an excellent uh, uh, team scoring in the paint in this game. They had 58 points in the paint. They typically only averaged 47 and a half, and they had 58 in this game. That that, that is a much more sustainable brand of basketball to the later rounds of the playoffs. You've got to find a way to balance what Steph can bring as a superstar perimeter talent and use your wave after wave of athleticism to get baskets, easy baskets, around the paint. I didn't think it was a coincidence that the second, third, and fourth leading scorers for the Warriors in this game were Andrew Wiggins, Trace Jackson Davis, and Jonathan Kaminga, almost all in transition pushes, attacking the offensive glass, in the post, and driving closeouts. The Lakers are fourth in points in the paint this year. The Warriors are 26th in points in the paint this year. To this point in the season, that has not been a part of the Warriors' identity. But I'd love to see it become a lar- uh, like a larger po- uh, part of the Warriors' identity as we get further and for- uh, further into the season. I thought I-, I was really, really impressed down the roster. I thought Trace Jackson Davis again that shift that he had there in the middle of the first half. I thought he just changed the tone of the game just by bringing that uh, uh, those hard rolls to the rim and just running the floor in transition. It's a good formula for the Warriors. Again, wave after wave of athleticism around Steph. That to me is the uh, the-, the next step for them because again, like you're going to see, I I think this team's dialed in from the standpoint of effort and energy and focus and belief in what they can do. I think we saw that before the deadline, right? Like, what they win? Eight of their last 11, I think, uh, going into the the All-Star break, right? So, like, they were already trending in that right direction. They're in a good position in the standings in the sense that, like, they're going to get some shot at the playoffs, whether it's a play in berth or it's something a little bit higher. It's more important now to try to build out a formula that can actually succeed when they get into the playoffs and we know what Steph can do. We know what Steph can do. That's not what I'm getting at here. I'm getting at everything around that. You've got to find a formula on the offensive end of the floor that brings support to what Steph can do. And to me, when you actually look down the roster in the same way, like when you look at the roster for the Lakers, it's like you see LeBron AD and it's like offensive skill is their next kind of, you know, trait that kind of pops off the screen. It's like Austin Reeves, pretty damn skilled. D'Angelo Russell, pretty damn skilled. Spencer Dinwiddie, pretty damn skilled. Rui Hachimura, pretty damn skilled. Like Torian Prince for a bench wing, pretty damn skilled, right? But it's like, that's the athleticism is not really their thing. And then you look at the Warriors roster and it's like, man, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, Draymond Green obviously is just like a super mobile big that can do a ton of stuff. And then what Gary Payton brings to the table when he's there, even guys like Moses Moody, they can bring wave after wave of athleticism on the wing. That is a legitimate roster strength for them. And I just want to see them lean into that a lot more, uh, down the stretch of the season on the Lakers front. Again, I thought their offense was really good for one and a half quarters and then they cooled off. And this is the thing. the, The uh, Lakers guards, they don't have physical tools that they bring to the table. And so when teams like Golden State really ratchet up that defensive intensity, they can have some issues.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available
1: in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor... Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects both nationally and in your area and the app is free and easy to use. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. And that's where not having LeBron out there I thought really hurt the Lakers because he just brings an alternative method of like real rim pressure. Again, like a lot of people are off the scent of the Lakers as a paint attacking team because they don't drive the ball to the basket a ton, but they don't realize that that's not the only way you can get in around the basket. You can get in around the basket through hard rolls to the rim and pick and roll. You can get uh, 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 around the basket by cutting to the basket You can get around the basket by driving in transition. You can get around the basket by posting up a lot. And like, there are a lot of different ways to get in there. I have Celtics fans that are like, why do you keep saying we uh, don't uh, like we don't uh, score in the paint at all? We're one of the biggest, post-up teams in the league. And it's like, posting up is just one way to get in the paint. The Celtics, in total, don't score in the paint enough. Lakers are fourth in uh, paint points per 100 possessions. That's a strength of theirs because they have so many different ways to get the basketball into the paint. That's exactly what I'm advocating for the Warriors to do more of, right? But LeBron James is such an important part of that for the Lakers, especially in their five-out offense. They've been using him so much more in like off-ball situations, whether he's like curling off of an off-ball screen and like just bringing like a freight train cut to the basket or out of the post, like we talk about a lot, actual screen and roll situations in transition, LeBron just kind of brings another wave to the Lakers' pain attack, and I thought they really missed that tonight. And honestly, like, I I, I mean, here's the thing: I, I I asked a couple people behind the scenes. I'm like, what's going on with LeBron? His ankle is more or less fine. He's just being cautious with it. Um, but I, I don't necessarily understand the idea behind not playing him against the Warriors and then turning around and playing him against the Spurs tomorrow. But again, I, I don't think my guess is they were just trying to buy LeBron an extra day during his vacation there. Um, but I definitely thought him being out of there was, uh, uh, was a substantial kind of loss for the Lakers tonight. The, the reality is though. When the offense fell apart for the Lakers there in the middle of the second quarter, they had no ability to get stops at that point. Again, like one of the like offensive lulls are a thing that happen in basketball games. And this is why defense is so important. Defense is what allows you to weather those types of storms. You know, if you're a strong defensive team and you go cold for a few minutes on offense, you might go from being up two to being down four, right? But if you're a team that goes cold on offense and you're not a good defensive team, You can go in three and a half minutes from being up one to being down 11. That's how quickly it can change for you if you don't have the ability to control that end of the floor. And, like, again, the Lakers have good defensive personnel. Their good defensive personnel is just not their offensive personnel. And so, as a result, they kind of have like this issue where it's like they can throw lineups out there where they have some athletes and it's like, okay, here's Cam Reddish, here's, you know, Max Christie, here's. Jared Vanderbilt when he's healthy, and here's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and it's like okay, we can guard. But then they really struggle to score the basketball. We saw that when they went to that bizarre starting lineup uh, there in the uh, in the middle of the season, right? But then they can go to these offensively minded groups, and it's like here's Austin Reeves and here's D'Angelo Russell and here's Rui Hachimura, and it's like they could score, but now they can't guard. And so it's going to be on you know not just the stars of the team, but also Darvin Ham to try to figure out over these last twenty five games how do we bridge the gap. How do we find lineup uh, groupings that have a combination of perimeter personnel that compete on the gla- uh, compete defensively, but also have the ability to kind of maintain some of the flow in their five-out offense? And it's going to be a challenge because that was a specific issue that we knew the Lakers had to deal with right after the Nuggets series last year. And Rob Polinka did not address it over the summer, and he did not address it over the deadline. And so the personnel is the personnel. They're going to have to find a way to bridge that gap. But right now, I mean, both of these teams – have a long way to go to get to real bonafide championship contention. Um, uh, but, you know, there's a there's a formula for both of them that are in front of them there. They just have to find that formula and continue to build it out here over the last fourth of the season. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. As I said, tomorrow morning, we're going to break down. There's uh, Mavs Suns is a big one that I want to hit. I thought P.J. Washington did, did an awesome job on Kevin Durant tonight. Really excited to dive into that film further in the morning. I'll probably do a film thread on that game. So check out my Twitter feed in the morning. Um, there's Celtics bulls was a game I wanted to hit there. uh, Clippers thunder, I think is the other one we're going to hit. So we're gonna hit some games in the morning and then that whole shit show between JJ Redick and, and, uh, first take and, uh, arguments about like sports media and like, uh, what fans want to be educated on and that kind of stuff. I have some uh, opinions on that, that I've wanted to share. So I'll give that at the end of tomorrow morning show. So as always, I appreciate you guys and I will see you tomorrow.